Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Francisco Horetta. Um, let's start by giving everyone a bit of an intro to yourself, and then we'll uh, we'll get into this. Awesome. Thanks, Glenn. So I uh, got into the real estate business in 2008, and so it's been like uh, going on 15 years. And uh, yeah, real estate broker um, in Toronto, uh, always had and managed uh, some type of construction project on the side, burrs, flips, uh, rental properties in general. Uh, my family's always owned real estate, so it kind of comes as a second nature. Um, we, my, I work with my sister, Lena. She, both of us, we work together. Um, we, you know, we do, we have a pretty good clientele. Most of it's repeat and referral. Um, but now I'm kind of getting to that, to that stage in my life where I'm like, oh, you know what? I really want to build that real estate portfolio. So the last few years, I've been working a little more extensively on building my own portfolio. Awesome. So we just met last weekend in person. So yeah. um, I kind of got a sneak peek into how this conversation is going to go. A lot of these times <laughs> I'm completely blind. But um, no, you started doing some short-term rentals down in Naples. Maybe let's let's tell the story of... Uh, of how that how that started how you got there why naples where you know just let's start from the start okay absolutely yeah so you know what um, growing up as a child uh, my family always owned uh, some type of a property in florida most of it was always on the east coast and um but we did always travel to the west coast and my family we used to go down in the summers minivan kind of thing pack up let's go down um, I have a friend that uh, moved in 2012 as a contractor down to Naples, Florida. So I kind of already had an in there. And we went uh, as a family. So my wife and I, we went down in July of 2021. Yeah. And we went down looking at real estate at pretty much everywhere along the Southwest or the Southwest coast. So Southwest Florida. And we saw that, you know what, Naples is kind of where we wanted to be. Uh, you know, it's safe, it's clean, it's really nice. Um, there's a lot of demand. So we went back in December. We put, we had put in offers throughout the whole fall on different properties. Didn't manage to um, pick up one, unfortunately, until the end of December. And in the end of December, we were able to get a, um, a three-bedroom, two-bathroom, uh, 1977 build only 1.2 miles to the beach. So we're pretty darn close to Vanderbilt yeah. beach, which is awesome. Um, and that's like really a tourist destination. People want to go to Vanderbilt beach or they want to go to Wiggins beach. If you are in Southwest Florida, those are the places to go. So we picked this property up with the intent of, Oh, you know what? Why don't we just, you know, enjoy it. Maybe we'll rent it out for a few months of the year, help pay the expenses until we realized just how good the short-term rental market actually is. Um, it is absolutely blown my mind because you know, I'm used to investing in Canada with, you know, sub 5% cap rates. And, you know, that's a hard thing to find sometimes even. Yeah, yeah. So you, know, like, <laughs> you go down there and I'm, you know, I'm starting to run the numbers uh, as I was renovating the home and I'm looking at the numbers and I'm saying, is it actually possible that you're, in double digit cap rate, cash on cash. And it actually is. So we, we have now um, been renting it steady from January onwards uh, of this year. And we're projected to do probably 11% uh, 
this year as a cap rate cash on cash. Yeah. Um, so you're talking about a property that's really like, even from a cash flow point of view is incredible. Um, and that is with it not even being rent or basically run 100%. Um, we do not have a single Airbnb review right now, and we're still doing these numbers. So I can only imagine once we have some reviews, you know, where it would take the property because I've been looking at what other competition is getting uh, per night or average days rented, that kind of thing. Yep. And um, there's definitely a lot of room to grow from an 11% cap. Cool. So how did you uh, finance this thing? I'm, I'm guessing Naples property, you're probably not doing a cash purchase. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no um so yeah we're going to the schedule a things from canada um and i just simply called the branch that was down in, in naples florida you guys can do your own due diligence there's only one canadian bank that has actual physical branches in naples florida yeah. um and anyways i called them up and they just said hey listen i'm looking for a mortgage got an incredible mortgage um 80 loan to value which is just wild yeah. um and yeah, so I, I got in kind of at the right time. So I closed on this property February 3rd, 2022. And at that time, I was able to close with a 3.25% 30-year fixed fully open mortgage. That's awesome. I'm, where I'm uh, yeah, I mean, I can't seem to, you know, be able to get that anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, no, usually the, the Canadian financing is the best you can get as a Canadian, right? Like this best we're going to no. get. It's, it's good. No, 100%. Um, you, I know when you started this, your intention was to like use it as like, you know, sort of a secondary home. Um, Correct. If your intention right off the bat was to be an Airbnb, would that change the financing at all? Uh, yes, I, I believe that um, if it's not considered a second property, you'd probably be in that 70, 30. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and that's like, and I, and I think that, you know, there's probably other lending options that are better than the Canadian banks. If you're using it from straight up investment point of view, yeah. I was told by the, I guess, the mortgage specialist for the bank that basically there's uh they don't like short-term rental. No, a lot of them don't. <laughs> no, no, no. They, they didn't want to know anything about it. So I qualified on our personal income back home in Canada. Awesome. Yeah. That's good. That, that That's the way to do it. So you, you close this property, you have a nice smooth closing, everything go to mm -hmm. plan, anything? Nope. Learned? <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, yeah, I was in for a rude awakening. Um, so right off the bat, I ran into two problems. So purchasing properties here in Toronto is very different than down there. Number one is I didn't realize, even though you have a perfectly good sound roof, if the roof was installed without a permit, they make you rip it off. Yeah. So, you know, architectural shingle roof, there was nothing wrong with it. It was maybe five, six, seven years old, from what I understand, had to be ripped right off the house. So we went, I had to find an insurance company that was willing to give me like 30 days to do it kind of thing. And even still, they charged me an astronomical rate until I completed it. And I've showed them that the permits have been closed. And then they reduced the rate and wrote me a check back. Oh. So that was that was the first issue I ran into. And that, you know, that was a literally a $13,000 roof uh, just to get something done. Um, was that shingles? Sorry. Like, is that shingles? Shingles, or? yeah. I, I just wanted to get something in there. I just wanted to close on it. Yep. yep. Solve this problem. 
had to get it solved. So I did that. And then I ran into another problem, which was none of the, I couldn't find flood insurance. I'm going, oh my gosh. So now what am I going to do, right? So I, I finally was able to track down one company to do flood insurance. And I can't tell you how many insurance brokers I called about this property, trying to get homeowners insurance or flood insurance. And I was just simply, the brokers would just say to me, like, I can't do that property. There is no company that's going to give you insurance on it. And it's all based on the elevation maps. Um, so they have these elevation surveys of the area. And depending on where you see sit with the FEMA maps, you know, it's, it's no problem if you're building new construction because they just do infill and they fill it up and they go up another, you know, meter or three, four feet and that's it. But I'll be a said meter and talking American properties. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, well, you know, you know what I'm trying to get at, right? Yard, yeah, so yard in a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yard in a bit. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much the gist of it. I mean, so I ran into those two problems. I was able to finally fix them, get the property closed, got the contractor in there to do the roof the day after closing. Um, yeah. which was, uh, was absolutely necessary. Sometimes there's like a li lineups, depending on if there's been storms or anything else. Sometimes it's tricky to get those roofers. Well, the other, the other issue with it was, was that, uh, you know, in order to get that permit, I had to get the seller to agree to allow the permit to be taken out prior to closing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because it's not, you haven't don't have possession of the house. Yet. I don't have a property yet, right? And I needed to make sure I lined them up right away. Yeah, it's one of those things you don't really think about until you have that issue. Yeah, and so yeah. that be part yeah. of it. Or you, if you if you know this right off the start, which you probably don't, but you could have it in your purchase offer. You they have to be agreeable to helping you with the permit. Correct. These are a lot of learning lessons. Like, I mean, I feel like if I was buying again, or like whenever I do buy again, because I do plan on buying them again. Yeah. Um, definitely, the insurance aspect of it is on the top of the list if it's in a flood zone prior to even making that offer. Like I need to know whether that's going to be an issue or not, especially from the financing point of view, because you can't close on these properties with, uh, you know, um, an A bank and a mortgage uh, if you don't have fund insurance. Yeah. And things have changed in Florida. Like I, um, I, I, I wasn't over on that coast. I was doing over like Jacksonville mm -hmm. down the Palm coast like, or the ocean coast. So um, whenever I used to do these uh, a year and a half ago, my current lender or insurance company, sorry, out of uh, California, no problem. I could get the insurance on that. And then since this hurricanes went through uh, in the fall, they uh, they yeah. like they won't write on it. So I had to call like ten companies for the newest my newest purchase to get someone to do it. It's a little bit more of a a little more of a hustle. But the thing is, where do you find do you, like for me? Where did I find the good person to do my insurance? I asked the realtor. They they know this. Yeah. They know. They, they do these all the time. They know they have to solve this problem over and over again. They know who'll do it. <laughs> well, you know, funny enough, the uh, mortgage, um, I guess, uh, I guess mortgage expert or whatever for the bank, um, she was actually Canadian originally. She used to work in Mississauga for like 20 years. <laughs> Small world. And she, she, yeah, so she moved to Florida. And the first thing she said to me after I, I sent her the agreement was, you bought there. How are you going to get insurance to close? And I went, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh no, what did I do? <laughs> so yeah, that was a, uh, that was a, uh, yeah, that was a hiccup. You just mentioned oh, yeah. the location, right? And you're doing Airbnbs mm -hmm. in Naples. 
And from my yeah. experience in certain parts of Naples, it's very difficult to do Airbnbs. And there is some some neighborhood specifics to know about, right? Because of the HOAs. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So um, straight up, there's basically only two small communities west of 41, which is Tamiami Trail, that are non-HOA. So you have Park Shore, Moorings, and then you have uh, Naples Park. And Park Shore and Moorings are like right beside each other. So I kind of consider them one. Yeah. Um, those are the only non-HOA, but Park Shore and Moorings are stupid expensive. Like, you know, uh, an interior lot is now 2.5 million US and up. So it's going to be hard to cash flow as an Airbnb or you make a lot of yeah. right? <laughs> but even the Lux market, like, you know, it's, it's iffy, right? So um, I think there's only so many people that are willing to rent at 15 to 20 grand a night kind of thing, right? Like, just, like <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Exactly. You know, so, so yeah. So Naples Park is kind of like the one spot. And then there's a lot of people that are doing Airbnbs though on the east side of Tamiani Trail, which, you know, is there's quite a few neighborhoods that you can find that are non-HOA. Got it. And um, I think I heard you say at the start of this that you did a renovation to this. How did, yes. How did, uh, so did you have to disclose that to the lender? Is this like, it's just still a regular loan, right? So you're paying for the renovation yourself or is it a construction Correct. loan? Maybe go through that. No, I, I paid, yeah, I paid for it for myself. I paid it for it myself. Um, yeah. I, I bought this place sight unseen. I yeah. FaceTime call. The, the market was just, <laughs> yeah, no, the, the market was really, really hot at the time. There was nothing was sitting on the market. Uh, you know, you had to act on stuff within hours, not days. Um, and so, yeah, no, I had our real estate agent down there, FaceTime call, walk around. And I basically said to her, I said, what I'm looking for is, are there any cracks along the walls of the exterior? Is there any signs of tile movement on the floor? And that's what I really want to know about. Like coming from a person that has done a lot of renovations back home here, it's kind of like, I just want to know the bones are good and then we'll take it from there. And I, and I bought it at land value. So I didn't buy something that was, you know, the top house on the street. I bought a house that is even today, even after I've done the renovation, somebody would consider tearing our home down to build. Yeah. Maybe just so, dumb this down for people listening. Like, why yeah. are you looking at for tile cracks? Well, uh, sinking uh, foundation, basically, uh, you know, if you have a sinkhole, Florida sinkholes, that kind of thing. I want to know that, you know, basically the, the, the floor is solid and the walls are solid and that there's not like a running river underneath the house pretty much, right? Yeah. Um, there, you know, there's that, a lot that's... of settling in Florida and the property I just bought, um, the one corner of the property over some, mine's a seventies build too. It just uh, mm -hmm. cracked basically mm -hmm. off. Right. But yeah. um, you know, it's all about, even if for a lot of these things, it terrifies a lot of people. Um, but mm -hmm. get a professional to check it out. With my case, they said eleven thousand dollars. You're going to jack it up, fix the cracks, inject it all, wow. you know, fill it all up. So, um, but it could be very expensive. I tried to do one in Alabama, and they wanted a hundred grand to fix the. Wow. <laughs> so wow. get get someone to check this out, or just stay away from them if you don't want to have to deal with it. But anyway, there's there's yeah, point. and you know one of the like you know yeah that's uh, that's a whole nother animal. But like I even had like our neighbor our neighbor next door went to go put a pool in, and he had to do helical screws to hold the pool up because the ground is not good enough 
So, you know, this is a problem when you try to develop in a bunch of swamp. Swamp and sand and muck and... <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, so what, what was your reno involved? What, what were you all doing? Yeah, so um, when I got there, I realized that AC doesn't work. So right off the bat, you know, we're doing AC, we're doing landscaping, we're irrigation systems, planting, uh, paint uh, throughout inside, in interior, exterior. Um, we had to rewire a lot of the house because there was a lot of DIY, just horrible work. Um, a lot of stupid things like, you know, kitchen exhaust doesn't have an exhaust. Uh, you know, bathrooms, the exhaust fan goes nowhere. It's there, but it goes nowhere. It just goes into the insulation. Um, <laughs> like, you know, that's what you see when you buy in Florida and you buy a 70s house. Like, yeah. there's no, you know, so anyways, yeah, we had to, there was a lot of little things that don't necessarily look like they add up to a lot, but they actually add up to a lot. Yeah. So, you know, we were into it and the landscaping was another learning lesson. They had... Um, covered all the tree roots and tree stumps in the backyard with poly tarp and then put gravel on top. So I thought I was just dealing with a gravel base. The minute we took all the gravel off, I had $6,000 worth of um, uh, basically tree stump removal right off the bat. Oh. Yeah. So that was, so there's a lot, there was a lot of things like that that I had to deal with. Um, and yeah, so there was about $125,000 worth of work just to clean up the house to say that you know what this is a nice place to live now it is it's a beautiful yeah, yeah. place to live and you have when you do your calculations to say that you're getting a 11 percent with your airbnbs that's renovations mm -hmm. put into that number yeah yeah so like um we have i'm just going to share this with you it's no issue uh we purchased it for 652 yeah which was basically land value at the time and that's the reason why it was pretty comfortable buying it sight unseen mm -hmm. Bought it for 652, put 12125 into it in renovation costs, and another $25,000 of furnishings. And that, you know, like I didn't buy IKEA everything. I bought a few things from IKEA, but I bought some nicer stuff from like Wayfair and that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, so we're we're into it for about 800000 It was 798 I think I have on my sheet. Okay. So so 798 and you know, right now, just to give you an idea. Um, we're on track this year to do 98,000 in gross uh, income, but I figure once we have reviews and things like that, based on comparable rentals, we should hit 130,000. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So quite a, quite a bit. Cool. So yeah. What else do I need to asking you? I was looking through my notes. I wanted to talk about insurance, reno and issues with closing um oh i i know it dawned on me too when you you know mm -hmm. like when you hear see those ceiling fan things they go nowhere right you were mentioning yes it's, it, people go how did that pass code when they built it the reason it passed code is it's a tricky thing that they, some of these builders do um the code in a lot of the the counties is that it has to have a, a window that opens closes and locks or a ceiling fan that vents and so they put a window and open closes and locks to pass code. And then they just trick you by putting a ceiling fan in that doesn't actually have to go anywhere because they already passed the code on based on the window, which is so sneaky. <laughs> it's, it's, that's just ridiculous. Honestly, it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know well, how they It's not even an expensive thing to do, right? Just run the hose. No, it's li hole. <laughs> literally. I, I told the roofers when they put the roof in, I said, can you give me a roof vent, like a four-inch roof vent? They gave me a four-inch roof vent. 
plumbed it up with $20 piece of pipe. Yeah. That's it. You know, it, it's not rocket science. So if you're going to give but, anyone uh, advice who was going to go down there, any, any tips, mm -hmm. anything, um, if they were going to start off doing this right from the start, anything you'd give them for advice? Absolutely. Um, I think that number one, you know, everybody talks about Airbnb bust. You definitely, if you go on, you know, AirDNA or one of these, these websites to try to track and see kind of average days rented, what other guys are getting and what other people are getting, you're going to notice that the, I think that there's, there is a lot of product. Like in our neighborhood alone in the last year, the number of Airbnbs has increased by like 56%. So that, that's a lot of competition. Um, and I think that if you're going to go create an Airbnb, I think you have to do something different than what everybody else is doing. I love the idea of doing like a themed Airbnb, you know, a place for bachelorette parties or bachelor parties, or, you know, a, a reason to go there, something that's going to make you stand out from any other listing. Yeah. Or I like the other option, which, and this is what I've been looking into at this moment is looking into duplexes and fourplexes that you can compete against hotels because that's something that there's just not enough of in Southwest Florida. I had a friend that was just recently down there two weeks ago and he had to, with, within his one week of being down there, he had to switch hotels twice. So, because they just didn't have rooms. Yeah. So I think that this is something that, you know, if you can compete with the hotels that are charging $350, $400 a night and you're, and you're targeting 170 to 200 a night in your multiplex, you're going to be rented solid. You're going to be rented 100% of the time. Like you, you, there's no reason why you shouldn't be. Um, and and you, like you don't have to have the same amenities as competing against the no. single family people, right? No. Right? No, you don't. You just need a clean space with good reviews yeah. and that's it. That's all you need. And you, you know, and I think that, you know, yes, if you would be nice to be right by Tamiani trail, if you're in Naples, or, you know, if you're somewhere else, just be, you know, near something that is convenient where there is you know, grocery stores and restaurants and things like that, where, um, you know, there's a reason to go there. And if you just have, you know, a two bedroom apartment that's clean, people are going to go use it. And you can put your, your Airbnb up on, or sorry, your, your, your apartments or your short-term rentals, you can put them up on like the booking.coms, the Expedia, you know, so you're actually are competing with the hotels and, I only see the hotel prices going up. I don't see them coming back down. Yep. Yep. And that's an interesting thing talking about even just different platforms. Um, we had an Airbnb and um, we found uh, when we were trying to change our demographic of people who were, or not demographic, but the, the audience that was um, going to stay at the property, just changing platforms can attract different people. Like we found like VRBO was getting us um, more families and the Airbnb was getting us more parties because we were right beside the university. Um, so yeah. it, just, it just attracts a different age group, different app, different websites. You can, you might be able to dock your stuff just by changing some tweaks like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's anyway. interesting. I heard on, I heard recently, yeah, I heard recently, you know, somebody else basically saying like, you know, if you're on Airbnb, that is the main platform, then it's verbal, yeah. then, you know, you kind of go down the list. You have to have a good ad somewhere first with good reviews somewhere first. And that's why a lot of people say like, focus on one avenue first do that really well, then move it on to others. Right. I like it. I like it. 
Um, cool. Francisco, if people wanted to get a hold of you, track you down as a, a realtor in Toronto, yeah. some connections to realtors in the U.S., because usually realtors know other realtors, Sure. or uh, just pick your brain about Naples, how do they uh, get a hold of you? Yeah, so they can definitely get a hold of me. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, everywhere. It's under at the Pareto Group or at Pareto Group. So P-O-R-R. Yeah. yeah, sure. Sorry. <laughs> so it's <laughs> at... Yeah, no, at Peretta, so P-O-R-R-E-T-T-A, group. Awesome. And you can find us pretty much everywhere. Well, Francisco, thank you for coming on the, the show. Um, I think there's a lot of value. I think everyone's, the, this, especially this time of year when there's snow on the ground, the, the sexy talk yeah. is getting down to like, you know, southern U.S. or, or uh, like Florida or Mexico or somewhere warmer. And I think this is going to be an appeal to a lot of people. I, I, I think so. I think so. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks for having me. Thanks.